Welcome to the Liberty Moms podcast. Liberty Moms are part of the Loving Liberty Network, and we're excited that you would take the time to listen in and learn a little bit about what is going on in your communities. You know, Liberty Moms are the real secretaries of defense when it comes to their children, their families, and their communities. And right now, communities everywhere across not only Utah, but across the nation are engaged with The election process. 2022 is the year that we put in new representation to represent us at really just about every single level um, except for the city level. But everything else really is on the board right now from school board to your House representatives, your Senate, even at the national level. And so we've got people that are running for Congress, of course, that's every two years. And, and then you've got senators that are in nationwide races. And so today I'm excited because we have um, a gentleman by the name of Chris Herod, who is running in Utah's third congressional district race for the, for the Congress. And we're super excited to have him in there because I actually live in the third congressional district. And I've been super disappointed that I haven't had my voice represented um, for the last, um, I guess maybe four years is what we're looking at. I said five years. Yeah. Is it five? Okay. Yeah. And, and you know, what's interesting is this, you know, John Curtis, I've yet to vote for him. I have not been able to cast a vote for him because he has not shown me that he is a Republican that he actually has the same values that he claims he has because it's the Republican platform that brings us together. And he's not been able to do that for me. And I'm somebody who vetted him um, the first time he ran for Congress in that special election, which was awful because he was able to um, signatures were put into that because of Gary Herbert, right? Didn't he make decision that was really part of the legislative branch to make that decision. And anyway, um, I, I'm excited to have Chris here. So Chris, thank you for joining us. And most importantly, thank you for running again, because I were in this race originally when the seat became open. And um, we can talk a little bit about that. You have probably the longest history of anyone going head-to-head against John Curtis because you live in Utah County. So you've been involved in local county politics, which is um, where he's been involved for a number of years. That is right. Actually, my, uh, my very first uh, political race was against John uh, when uh, the seat opened for the Utah House. And so there was 10 of us that ran, and uh, John had uh, filed from uh, the night before he filed from being a uh, Democrat to a Republican, and we went through the convention process. Uh, I don't know if he told a single person that he had been a Democrat uh, the night before he he ran, but uh, 
that year, uh, you know, neither of us got 60%. And the rules were that uh, the party would choose, uh, you know, if nobody got 60%. And uh, obviously, they chose me. It was the year of uh, the voucher voter uh, education uh, vote. And so people knew where I would be. And, you know, the sad thing is, you know, 15 years later, I still don't know where John would be on that. Uh, you know, you would think that he would be for uh, educational choice. Uh, but but you don't know, and that's what John does is he just kind of hides his his views, and and it's completely different to mine. I you know I come from a, I have my master's in organizational behavior. Uh, you know I, I believe in communication that you should let all your uh, views out, especially in the in the political process. I mean that's how you determine it's the only thing you have to to choose on whether you know if you, you want me to be in office is to know my positions, and so I I tell people. Uh, you know, I'm going to give you online positions. I ask that if we disagree on one thing that, you know, you don't write me off. But uh, but if you don't, if we don't have that type of communication, uh, then uh, we, we don't solve problems. And, and that's the problem that we're, we're getting in the Republican Party in the state of Utah now is that we have people that they just want to talk about these fuzzy feelings, unity or all these other things, but they don't want to give us their positions. And uh, the, the danger of that is then you don't have real conversations. You're just trying to trick people. You're just trying to, you know, to get enough uh, to get voting. And that is a, a big difference and a, a little bit of a frustration that not, not a little bit of big frustration I have with John is that he has a tendency not to let his, um, uh, his positions known. And I, I'm just the opposite. Uh, I think, you know, you need to know where I am. And, and, and I kind of viewed the, the delegate process as, you know, I spent uh, 10 minutes introducing myself, you know, talking a little bit about my background, um, you know, because I do think I have a unique background. But after that, I just sat and listened to delegates and let them ask questions. And, um, you know, it, it was just yesterday, uh, you know, we had a, a, a meeting and, uh, you know, it was at a Liberty Forum and, uh, uh, he, what John wasn't there, but he had his campaign campaign manager speak and she, she just gave some whoppers. Uh, you know, she was talking about the delegate process and how John, you know, was, uh, uh, allowed people to ask him any question that he wanted. And, 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 you know, the feedback we were getting from delegates is John was just cutting off the discussion, but, uh, you know, I, I, as hard as it was for me to hold my tongue, I, I held my tongue and let her do her presentation. And then I got up and did my presentation and, uh, and I was probably a little more blunt just because I was a little frustrated with what she had said, but I, you know, I started to call out his votes and I said that he had voted for the January 6th commission and she interrupted me in the middle of my discussion. She interrupted me and said, that's not true, Chris, that is not true. He did not, uh, you know, he voted for, he did not vote for the January 6th commission. And I said, I, I, you know, I, I, I have friends that are delegates that said that John said that and then was called out and, and back down. And she said, well, that's not true. And she kept holding up her phone that John, um, you know, didn't vote for the January 6th commission. And it's one of those things that it's just, it's kind of surreal of. Well, of, it, it's, it's really, it's really interesting because either there is a huge disconnect like i mean because what he was trying to say at the so i'm one of those delegates that went so i i know exactly how those little um the convention meetings went and believe me once i was able to get him to backtrack on this one particular issue he never called on me again i mean i had my yeah. hand 
praise because I was ready to overcome some of the things that he was putting out there. And he just, oh, no, no, we can't. You've already spoke. No, no. So they orchestrate everything and just try to shut you down. But what's interesting is how can they honestly say it when I'm pulling up two different news sources on my phone in the meeting showing the 35 Republicans who broke rank and voted for the commission. And his name is there with Blake Moore. And so I'm like, how, I mean, you have to think we're super stupid. Like you can just throw stuff out and we, it's there. It's in the media. It's recorded. It was on his website. I mean, how do you not own that? And, and the thing is, how would anybody, why, not how, but why would anybody want somebody who isn't being honest? Just be honest, okay? And um, the other issue that I got him, that I was speaking to him about was the House Concurrent Resolution 5, which was drafted immediately. I think it was drafted on the 12th, um, within um, days of, of the January 6th um, protests. And um, he is calling Trump, you know, be, saying he's responsible. And I was there. See, I was one of those, you know, I'm a grandma, I've got gray hair. And I was one of those that went out because I'm concerned about the election process. And there were some irregularities. I personally went to Nevada. I canvassed in a county, Clark County, Nevada, which actually went in and overturned an election because there was so much fraud that we discovered canvassing door to door. We canvassed everybody, Republicans and Democrats. It didn't matter. And there had been major voter fraud with the mail-in ballots. And we were able to confirm that by filling out affidavits. So I personally had witnessed fraud in the 2020 election in that county in Nevada. And so to say that there couldn't have been other discrepancies and other regularities in other states is super naive or, or um, you're complicit if you're not willing to look at it. I mean, that's all we're doing is let's just look at it. But, you know, they immediately threw Trump under the bus. And so when I asked him about him being a co-sponsor, he denied it. And if I didn't have the paper sitting there with his name on it and I pushed back and said, hey, your name is on this. You are a co-sponsor. He finally was willing to say, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. I was a co-sponsor, and that was a mistake. Yeah, you know, I, and, and, and my my philosophy is, you know, I, I'm all about repentance and stuff like that, but it's not it's not forgiveness when you were forced. I mean, when you have no choice but to admit it, it's not like yes. you voluntarily. But that, but that's the, that's to me, and that is that's why I, I did. Uh, you know, p- people saw a little more emotion than normal with me because you know I tried to be, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly passionate individual, and so I try to tap that down sometimes. But but yesterday, when she was calling me out, and it's one of those things that it it it, it does. It's so surreal because I don't, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm happy to admit I'm wrong. So, you know, so for a minute, I'm thinking, could I, could I possibly be wrong? You know, but I've got a two minute, uh, two minute speech. I don't have time to pull up on my phone that, but, right. but, you know, and so I had people afterwards and, you know, the first thing I did is I went home and I had to spend, you know, 10 minutes, uh, uh, you know, just, just doing research. Cause I want to make sure that I'm not wrong the truth is important to me you know and you know but immediately you know you get all these articles you have 
uh, you know, Desert News articles where he explains his vote in it. And then, and then it's even worse that you go to his website, his congressional website, and it's and it's there. He he voted for it. And yet, and that's the part, that's, that's where we're in this kind of weird area of, you know, and, and that's kind of how John has gotten by, is he just hopes that he gets past the, the, the next, uh, next event, you know, that he, he confuses people enough to get past the prime, you know, to the, get past the primary, you know, he's running ads right now that are make him sound like he's just this conservative guy on energy. And yet, you know, I, I you know, I know of delegates that he said uh, that it was a mistake for president Trump to pull out of the, the, the Paris climate accord. Uh, you know, he'll tell the people out in the basin that uh, nobody has done more for oil and natural gas, but then he'll go up on the hill and tell the Democrats, hey, what you're doing on the environment is a good thing, and I'm trying to get Republicans there. Uh, and and then he'll tell people, well, you know, you need to transition out of, you know, he'll tell other people that, you know, the, the, the rural communities need to transfer uh, uh, transfer away from fossil fuels. Well, you know, which is it, John? Are you fighting for these issues? You know, why, why should these people have to, transfer away from fossil fuels, you know, and and what's going to happen is those communities will die if they go purely to a, uh, a tourist thing. Uh, Tourist uh, industry does not provide good middle-class jobs. And so they, they, communities eventually die because they send their kids off to college and then they can't back, come back you know, with an engineering degree or a, a forestry degree, or those things, and because uh, nobody wants to go to college and comes back, come back and be a waiter or a, uh, you know, a, a, uh, you know, work at a, a hotel. I mean, I I was a waiter for seven years of my life. It was a great job, but but that's not what I went to college for. Yeah, those are those are high school summer jobs. Those are yeah. they're not your career jobs, except for that's kind of what this economy has given us. But you know, so Chris, I'm one of those delegates who. Um, has vetted John. And, you know, I don't have a vested interest other than my family and my liberty. And so when I go to interview candidates and when I interviewed John back in um, for that special election, uh, I guess that was in 2018 when the seat opened up from uh, Jason Chaffetz resigned. Yeah, it was actually 2017. It was Okay, so 2017. John was way in his Democrat. Uh, he was way in Democrat thinking. You know, because he had just jumped into the race and um, he was starting to meet delegates. And when I went to visit him in over in Contwood Heights in this office, it was a very small meeting. But we asked specifically, Trump had just, you know, taken office and just pulled out of the Paris Accords. And he was really upset with that. He thought that was really a bad move for President Trump to do that. Uh, I asked him about the border. He was against the border. Because he was not for anything Trump was doing. And so that whole inner um, dialogue that I'm having with, with uh, John Curtis is very much talking to a Democrat. Once you guys started having um, debates and he started hearing what Republicans, resp- how they respond to these questions, he totally changed. And all of a sudden he was for the wall. Uh-huh. Well, actually, even in that election, he made he actually fired somebody for uh, for building the wall. Uh, He thought that was too tough. 
uh-huh. you thought that that, uh, you know, and, and here we are with, you know, 3 million people crossing the border, uh, you know, yearly now. And I, I actually watched something on last, uh, on TV last night and it was, it was interesting that the, um, uh, I mean, you had people calling this a national emergency and these were former, this was a 35 year old, uh, or 35 year veteran border patrol saying what's going on now is it is it's beyond crisis i mean it is a national security issue and yet john just went down to the border just three months ago for the very first time and he said i just barely learned that we had a record amount of people cross the border last last year he said i i just uh i just learned that only 10 percent of people show up for their hearings and yet he's passed, he's sponsoring a, an amnesty bill uh, that he uh, announced four months ago. Well, you know, you would think that before you, you did this big amnesty bill, this comprehensive immigration bill, that you would know the situation, but he didn't. And, and he actually called a, f- a friend of yours and mine racist years ago uh, because he thought he was too tough on immigration. And uh, you know, this this is what's just frustrating. But John will will completely flip on that. Uh, you know, I, I, I and and that's what I don't know how to deal with because how do you ad- address somebody that is going to spend his eight hundred thousand dollars that he has from from uh, big tech? Uh, you know, he's got money from Google. Most of his money nowadays comes from outside Utah. And, and so this is where the ground game, this is where your podcast is extremely important because you, you, you know, we have to do wake up our neighbor to, to this. But, but I, I thought I just experienced this when I was living in, in, in Russia or Ukraine where there was just this much propaganda, but it's just straight propaganda. That's what's frustrating to me. And um, because, you know, I know the amount of time, uh, that you've spent in politics. It's not like you get, uh, you know, you're, you're not getting rich from it. You and I are in politics because we, we are concerned. It's not a game for us. And that's what it seems to be for John. It seems to be just a, a game where he can wordsmith or something enough to get past this next election. And uh, for me, I am greatly concerned. I, I don't believe we have too many elections left if we, if we don't correct things. You know, you know, it's going to be tough to survive the two years left in the Biden administration. I mean, you know, we're uh, we're seen weak by our enemies around the world. Uh, uh, and so it'll it'll be a miracle for us to survive the two year two more years of Biden. But, you know, if we don't do things to to, to make our elections more secure, I mean, if you watch 2000 mules, those type of things, it, you know, if if we don't do things right now, we will lose our republic. That's that's how frightening it is. It, it, it truly is. And we need Republicans that aren't going to break ranks and go vote with the Democrats. Yeah. And, and they're, you know, they, they talk about how things become a stalemate in Congress. Well, that can be a very good thing when you have a party that is trying to take your country off the cliff, right, with bringing in... A, unlimited amount of, of illegal immigrants allowing the door to be open and um, and then everything that's happening with um, Ukraine and all of this money that's going over there that's not being there's no oversight with that but I we have to get rid of these individuals who are claiming 
that they follow the um, the Republican platform, but their votes say differently. And the ERA amendment is one in particular because he voted for extending that. And so explain to our listeners how the idea that that should not even come up for a vote, and yet he votes for it. So he's not even knowledgeable about the No, you know, yeah, the, the, um, uh, the, the ERA amendment, I mean, I, I'm opposed to it for, for a number of reasons, but but what they did, it just, just kind of everybody knows, is I think it was unconstitutional on the face. In other words, the way that the, the Constitution says that you amend the Constitution is, you know, the first thing you do, it you have to pass two-thirds of the House and the Senate. Uh, and so that's what happened with the ERA amendment. But the Constitution then says that you set a date uh, and that three-quarters of the states have to ratify that amendment by that date. And that date was 1979. And so I know a lot of, uh, you know, uh, women that, you know, my mother, for example, uh, you know, that, that opposed the ERA amendment. And, uh, you know, and so they worked hard to make sure that uh, enough states didn't pass it. Well, what they did in Congress is they, uh, uh, they postponed that day to 2022. And John voted for that. And he, he told people that he voted it uh, because he wanted uh, his wife and, and children and daughters to know that he loved them, that they were equal. You know, and it's and, and this is just kind of classical John is, you know, I love my wife and daughter so much that I explain to them why it's a bad thing. You know, it's it's not just a token motion is is. Um, you know, if my daughter wants to join the military, more power to her and she can meet the requirements, more power to her. But I don't want her drafted. Uh, I don't want, you know, two states have used the Equal, Amend- uh, equal Rights Amendment, uh, New Mexico and Massachusetts. They, they passed their own version of the Equal Rights Amendment. And, uh, but they've used it for uh, taxpayer-funded abortions is how their Supreme Court says is since men can't get pregnant, Therefore, the state has, you know, because because the uh, Equal Rights Amendment is 18 words. It just says that there is no difference between, you know, you do not, cannot discriminate based on sex. Well, you know, if, if man can't get pregnant, the, the courts have ruled that women can. So, therefore, they should have the ability to become unpregnant and because men can't get pregnant. I mean, it's some, some contorted language like that. But John didn't recognize that. You know, and then he will say... Uh, and the bigger thing is, is that it would have taken away the state's ability to pass HB 11 here in the state of Utah. And John just is, is over his head and he doesn't, he doesn't understand that. And yet he'll tell everybody that he's, you know, he's against women playing, you know, transgender sports, even though he didn't say anything about it until there was so much pressure that he changed his, his position on it. Uh, you know, but, but, but we cannot have individuals like that in, in Congress uh, because, uh, but to me, it is. I, I just Chris, don't understand why people think it's 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 honest. Right, and you know we um, we're heading towards a break, and so we're going to come right back and pick up from where we're leaving off here. But I'm speaking with Chris Harrod, who's running for the third congressional district in Utah, and we've got just a short break that we need to take, and then we'll be back here on the Liberty Moms podcast.
Welcome back to the Liberty Moms podcast. Chris Kimball hosting today, and I've been having a, a fascinating discussion with uh, candidate Chris Harrod, who is running for U.S. Congress from Utah in the 3rd Congressional District. And before the break, we were uh, talking about the ERA, which was the Equal Rights Amendment, and how uh, John Curtis, uh, I call it virtue signaling on a large scale to go ahead and vote for something just to show his wife and his daughter how he feels about them. Like, that's why you vote for something. It's not based on principle. It's not based on constitution, on right or wrong. It's just, I just want my, my wife and my daughter to know how I feel about them. Well, gosh, I think there's a multitude of other ways for them to see that from you versus just you know, adding your signature to a bill that is unconstitutional and harms my granddaughter. Right. Yeah. I have more than one, but I don't want my granddaughter's drafted. You know, how dare he do that? That I'm sorry. I'm outraged with that. I mean, it's just ridiculous that that he hasn't put any thought into that. The consequent there's consequences intended and unintended with everything you do, especially at that level. No, and for me, unfortunately, that's a pattern that John has is that he wants the rest of us to do the heavy lifting. You know, the Chris Kimballs, the Chris Harrods, uh, you know, he, he, he doesn't want to use his political crack, uh, capital to explain why, you know, it, it sounds good. I mean, you know, who can be against the equals rights of him? You know, we are, we're all equal. Well, you know, uh, that's the problem we have as conservatives is we have to counter the things that the uh, the, the nation says is uh, is good. You know, it's no different with Black Lives Matter. You know, uh, uh, you know who wants to criticize Black Lives Matter? Well, you know, it's it's not a conspiracy that it's a Marxist organization. Uh, you could see it on their website that and they want to take down the traditional family, and so you have you know you have to stand up and criticize them. But John's not willing to do that. Mitt Romney's not willing to do that. Mitt Romney will walk with them. Uh, you know, it's no different with critical race theory is, you know, that this is the new wokeness. John won't speak out against critical race theory. He said that it, it's a state issue. You know, you could see it on his uh, town hall meeting. It's a state issue. Uh, well, well, you, you must not understand what's happening to our military. You must not happen to what's being pushed down to the Department of Education, all the other things. It's, it's not just a state issue, but it's a contentious issue. And if you speak against it, you'll be called racist. Well, you know, for me, that's okay. I mean, I've been called racist my whole time with illegal immigration, uh, you know, and but John just simply doesn't understand these principles. And, um, you know, it's not always easy. Do, do I like probably the first thing you can be called these days is racist. But, you know, when yes. I when I ran in 2017, you know, here, uh, you know, people like John was calling a friend of mine uh, racist. Uh, I had fought against him you know he was a sanctuary city mayor uh and you know i'd fought him on that uh, on that issue i knew how he was but the, the interesting thing is you know the desert news had called me uh and the desert media group had called me racist unchristian uncompassionate a foaming at the mouth zealot a nativist uh and yet uh during that election in 2017 i looked around we had a booth at the provo freedom festival on, on center street and i looked around one night and i was the only native born person of my volunteers i mean with my volunteers and i was the only one that was born in the united states 
the communists had destroyed my friends uh, Venezuela, uh, my friends Nicaragua, my friends Ethiopia, my wife's Ukraine, my uh, the socialists had destroyed my friends uh, Mexico, and yet you know John John Curtis and and the elite uh, of the state were calling me racist, yet. Uh, legal immigrants, those that are here legally, many of them fear greatly that we are losing the exact same reason that we're coming here. And so he doesn't understand uh, how legal immigrants feel. He doesn't understand that we're, we're losing the freedoms and how quickly you can lose, lose them. Uh, you know, we've kind of been uh, kind of asleep at the wheel. Uh, you know, a year ago, a year and a half ago, we were energy independent. We didn't think we had any, any major enemies in the world. And within, you know, you have a terrible withdrawal of Afghanistan. You have $80 billion worth of top-rated military equipment fall in the hands of the Taliban that now is being, being sold to China, that's being reversed engineered. You have China, you know, on kind of the, you know, they're colonizing uh, Africa, they're building ports along the way. Then you have what happens in Russia. You know, Putin is a um, amoral, strategic player. When he sees weakness, he he pounces and and he you know and and then Biden, you know, he's running his mouth. He's going to get us in, into World War Three, but Biden doesn't think he's real serious about about because we're not we're still not drilling. You know, uh, Biden's beholden to the. Uh, the, the green energy folks, which are the same people that John's beholden to that, you know, you know, in 2017, we had lots of people that, you know, we had hundreds of screenshots of people that Democrats that were switching to the Republican Party to vote for John. And that that you, you see with five dollar gasoline, those are John's policies. Those are policies that he supported. Those are the policies being pushed by the, the World Economic Forum and the Paris climate change. They do not want America to be strong. They do not want us to use our energy. And John simply does not understand that. Now, you know, he's flipped because he now knows that nobody likes $5 gas. I mean, that's his ad. But, John, these are your policies. You're not willing to, to say that uh, global warming, the global warming agenda is wrong and uh you know yeah i don't i don't recall him calling out biden the first thing biden did when he got into office was shut down the keystone pipeline yeah where was his outrage i don't see him in the forefront you know if he's really defending utah right he's there for utah where was he yeah no yeah i didn't he wants to be liked by both sides. And so those that want to be liked by both sides won't criticize, but they don't have a problem actually criticizing conservatives. I mean, you know, it's kind of like Mitt Romney did with President Trump. You know, I wish he would attack uh, Democrats half as much, half as much as he does Republicans. And, uh, and that's the one of the things you've been involved in state politics um, you know, the people that hurt you the most are not the Democrats in the state of Utah. It is liberal Republicans. They're they're not really Republicans, but but the media will run to them, and it's a Republican criticizing a Republican, and that's 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 where the real harm is done, and that's what John has done with that. It's it's the same thing again. Um, you know, if I thought there was going to be a real investigation about January sixth. And it was fair. But once you knew that Nancy Pelosi was going to use this as a big stick 
uh, and had an agenda. It's just not smart to give her that. I mean, it, it, it's just common sense, uh, you know. But you know, she she hasn't released the, the forty thousand hours of video that you know why she hasn't released why she, you know President Trump offered uh, National Guard troops six times. You know, so they're not investigating that. They're not investigating, you know, Trump's words were, March, you, you were there. Uh, the, uh, much of the stuff that was happening in the Capitol happened before President Trump was even done speaking. Exactly. Uh, we, were, yeah. we were still at the eclipse when the break-in was happening. Because yeah. that started at 1230. Still on the pl- in the eclipse park at 1 o'clock. We hadn't even left at that point. That's going on. And I haven't seen him outraged about the pipe bombs. There were pipe bombs placed all around the Capitol at, in, front, um, in front of the one um, uh, house that has the, um, the prayer chaplain for the yeah. United States Supreme Court. That she's the one that called the Capitol Police on that particular backpack. Pipe bombs at the DNC, the RNC. Hey, where's the outrage on why there hasn't been any investigation and those people haven't been brought forward? Right. It just doesn't serve the narrative, but you know it's it's interesting because he um, he gets caught in his lies. If you could just follow him around, because I had a friend that asked him about the the uh, insurrection. He said, "You know, I didn't really know what was going on. I really didn't have enough information to to, to make a decision on what was going on." But yet, six days he co-signs co-sponsors this House Concurrent Resolution Five which throws Donald Trump under the bus and gives all this um, uh, 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 or feeds the flame for uh, impeachment. So, but he didn't know enough, but yet he knew enough to be a co-sponsor of a, I mean, you know, you can't do both. No, that, that, that's exactly right. Actually, he can. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, he actually did to this to my friend that, you know, I mean, my, my, my friend that he called racist, you know, and here's somebody that was a Vietnam War uh, veteran. Uh, he'd served 20 years in the Foreign Service. Uh, and, and then uh, 20 years, the last 20 years, he's been on the ground twice for Ebola in Africa, not, not in some, uh, you know, office, but on the ground three tours in Africa or in Iraq trying to rebuild uh, uh, Iraq and he, he called him racist simply because he supported President Trump's uh, uh, Im- you know immigration uh, Im- immigration policy mm-hmm. and, uh, and and so my friend went to him and said well you know he said well my name's you know such and such and you know uh, you know, and, and, and he said exactly the same. He said, I really don't know that much about you. Uh, why don't we go out to lunch? Well, why in the world would you call me racist then? Yeah, see, he likes much? to play He likes to play <laughs> stupid when he's confronted. You know, like, oh, I made a mistake. Like, I can, oh, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done it. Sorry. You know, but yet he's not willing to get on his, he calls it his immigration bill. Yet in our meeting, he throws out, this is an amnesty, and let me share with you why. <laughs> he explains his bill. He goes, amnesty, I raise, I'm raising my hand, of course, because it is amnesty. It's just a longer version. There's just more years of it. But, no, that would be amnesty. Amnesty, right. Now, and that, okay. That, you know, I wrote a book. You know, I wrote a book called The Forgotten Immigrant, you know, How Tolerating Illegal Immigration Hurts Immigrants. And in that book, I actually quote Ed Meese, who was Ronald Reagan's, 
uh, attorney general during Ronald Reagan. And Ed Meese says, you know, the difference between now and then is we at least had the courage to call it amnesty. You know, because you, you did have the 1986 amnesty that was passed, you know, with President Reagan's. Uh, but uh, they called it amnesty. But now they, you know, they, they can't admit what what these things really are. And and the problem is, is that, you know, you it's just simple and natural law. You reward illegal behavior and you get you get more of it. And and that's what's happening at the border. But, you know, and it is so related to so many of the problems that we have. Uh, I was talking to a new mayor, and and she's he, she said, you know, Chris, I never knew how much illegal immigration affects uh, our affordable housing crisis. Uh, and uh, she had just put up, and she knew this just because she they were putting in, they had a base room apartment, they put it up for um, to rent, and within a day they had three hundred people that had responded. But a third of those could not provide a um, social security number because, uh, you know, she wants to do, you know, make sure, you know, a, a, a credit check, make sure that they'll keep paying. But uh, uh, but a third of them couldn't. And that's what's happening up and down the Wasatch Front is when you bring in three million people uh, a year. I mean, that's the, that's almost the state of Utah, state of Utah. That's three quarters of the state of Utah that's coming in. And where do those individuals live? They live in the affordable housing, you know, rents. And so it's just supply and demand. Uh, you know, if you have increased demand, prices are going to rise. And, and so we're crushing the working poor, uh, right now along the Wasatch Front. And our, our kids are, are, you know, I, I, sounds like, you know, if you're, if you're, a lot of your kids have grandkids, they're already in homes, but my, my, my children are just starting to want to, to buy houses. Well, you know, a, a starter home that was $250,000 two years ago, is now four hundred and fifty five hundred thousand dollars, and so my kids, uh, you know, and that's a combination. That's man-made. That's because of uh, of the border. That's because of ridiculous COVID policies that uh, these things have uh, are happening. And John just simply does not understand those those principles, and he always comes back to his democratic roots. Yeah. You know, it's it's even like, you know, no conservative that I know. When Tanner Ainge and I ran against John uh, five years ago, John used uh, the, uh, the the dances, uh, the, the Provo City concerts in the park and dances as his own uh, campaign events. He had a table. He would speak at them. Well, Tanner and I were never invited to uh, those events, but those were taxpayer-funded events that no, no person that I that I know, no conservative that I know, would think that that was acceptable. But John just he didn't have any problem with it. There well, was he no was mayor. Yeah, he's exactly. he's in charge, and and things at the local level. See, he honestly thinks government. If the abuse is happening at the local level, if it's the city abusing your rights, then it's okay because yeah. it local. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, honestly, it's, that's his definition of of, of federal. Yeah. Wasn't, you know, as long as it's local being used, you know, yes. it, was the same, it, it was the same thing. You know, he, they were pushing this bus rapid transit system. And, uh, you know, most of us were opposed to it in Utah. But he, he used the the, uh, the rec center for, you know, his meetings and to talk to people about it. And uh, there was a protester on the sidewalk and he got the, the, the protester on the sidewalk arrested. Uh, uh, and, and then, 
uh, which is public. Yeah, Sidewalk exactly. is public. Well, and, and in that sense, if you're holding a public meeting in the rec center, actually the whole rec center should be, uh, That's true. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, uh, at that point, you know, but, but then he, rather than just pay the hundred dollar fine when it was ruled that it was, you know, he, he had abused the position, he used city resources and spent, you know, thousands of dollars to defend that hundred dollar ticket and eventually lost at the Supreme court, you know, so uh, just because he didn't want that mark against him, you know, and, and this is what's got us, that's, what's got to stop. And, you know, it's not just, you know, this race is not just about John. I, 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 um, I, I bring unique, unique experiences. I've, I've spent nearly six years of my life overseas. I, I have a proven conservative track record. And, and my frustration is uh, I have that conservative record. It's not easy to be conservative, even in the state of Utah. And so I've shown that I can resist the pressures of when the, you know, they come and they want you to, to, to vote for a bill or, or something like that. Uh, and so I have that record. Uh, but, but the big thing, too, is I also understand the problems with government. It's because we're not uh, doing what the Constitution says. We've given way too much power to the executive branch, and we need to get back in line and pull that power back. Now, I, I've said this. This has been my platform for 15 years, but I'm sure John will probably have a commercial sometime in the next a little bit talking about the importance of pulling pow- uh, powers back from the executive branch. But, you know, this is just... My frustration is, and this is where I need everybody's help, is we have momentum and we, we're going to win this race. We just need to make sure that everybody gets out, that the people says, don't, don't fall for that uh, flick brochure. Don't fall for that fancy, uh, you know, radio ad. You know, what, what's happened? Has John, did John support the President Trump agenda or, uh, or not? And, you know, one of the things I, I mentioned and, and, um, is when we ran five years ago, uh, you know, the big thing was the, uh, the uh, Mueller investigation, the special prosecutor against Russia. And, uh, you know, it was, was there a collusion between Trump and Russia? And uh, John uh, immediately said, yes, I, I support the special prosecutor. And when I was asked with the, the Deseret News, I took the time, I called Chris Stewart and I called Rob Bishop and I asked them, are, is there any evidence of collusion? Is there probable cause? And both of them told me absolutely not. And so when I was interviewed at the Desert News and asked if I supported it, I said, uh, I said no, uh, because you know, just because you don't like a billionaire doesn't mean you can take away his uh, Fourth Amendment right of probable cause. Because if you can do it to a, uh, you know, a billionaire, you can do it. Me, because most of us, uh, a single investigation like that would 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 bankrupt us. You know, uh, to try to stay out of jail, you just look at the mass of government coming down. You know, it would crush most of it. And so we need to make sure that there's probable cause. Well, I I, I said that, and a Deseret News editor immediately shot back. Well, it's the seriousness of the allegation that matters. And I said, well, that's not my understanding of, of the Fourth Amendment. And the seri- that, that, you that's still have subjective. Your right. yeah, that's, uh, yeah. yeah. And so that was Doug Willis of the Deseret News, you know, who's their number one guy. And so what the Deseret News did is uh, the very next day, they the, the headline of the paper was, Herod doesn't support special prosecutor. 
is they were trying to embarrass me because at that time there was lots of fervor about this. But that, but that investigation hampered President Trump for three years or four years. I mean, really, his entire oh. presidency. And yet, what do we know now from the Durham report? We know now that it was, if anybody colluded with the Russian government, it was Hillary Clinton. You know, and yet, you know, President Trump's entire presidency was hampered by those allegations. And and then, you know, the, the extension of of that, you know, became the impeachment thing. And then John just added to that with his censor of President Trump, uh, you know, when President Trump in his own words said, uh, uh, you know, march peaceably over to the. I mean, that, that's right. the, his, his own words. He said, march peaceably. And so you have yes. to take the facts. At war, the same thing they, they did with the, the you know with Mitt Romney and, and, and impeaching president over his comment to Zelensky. He didn't say, find me corruption. He simply said, look, in to, look to see. And that's what a wide steward of any, any money going overseas should do. You know, we, we, we need to ask those questions. If, if, if the United States, and we can have a conversation of whether we should or shouldn't have that, but if it's going to go over, it's, it's an executive's responsibility to make sure that, 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 that money is going to the right place. We don't want that to go, money to go to Al-Qaeda or somewhere else or in a Swiss bank account. But that's all President Trump did, uh, and, and especially after we know what President Biden had done, is he fi- fired an honest Ukrainian prosecutor that was looking into his son i mean that's where the corruption was 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 you know and so for president trump to simply say you know just look into it you know if you you know i can understand concern if you would have said give me a conviction something i can use against that that's not he just said find out if there was corruption you know and right but, but this is just the nuttiness of of uh where um, you know, we need people that will defend truth and honesty, or, or we're going to be in serious trouble. We, I, well, mean, I, I, I think we I think are. You, right. I think what you said earlier is we're just, we're really at that tipping point. We, and I think people, I've seen as so many people engaged um, that have, you know, once they saw the outcome of what happened on November 3rd in 2020, and so they're they're engaged, and so um, and, and a lot of them don't know the history because they just got engaged, okay. And I'm excited that they're they're with us in the fight, and so that's why I wanted to have you on to explain that there's a long history of uh, where John is coming from. I mean, he grew up in a Democrat family. He married into a staunch Democrat family, the Snar family. Um, and uh, his cousin uh, through marriage is Carol Moss, my representative. You can't get more flaming liberal than Carol yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And so that's what he's around. I mean, he's just around that ideology all the time when he's at home. That's, that's how they think. That's what they do, you know. So it's, it's just he's in the wrong party. And so I'm excited that you're running, Chris, that you are there, that you understand the Constitution. And better yet, you've actually had the votes to prove it. Your voting record on one of the uh, reports, Grassroots Utah, Utah Grassroots, had you at 90% when you were in our legislature. I mean, today we're, we're getting excited if we get somebody 75%. I mean, our level of representation in Utah has so diminished um, in these last 10, 12 years from when the Patrick Henry caucus was up there. 
but how can our, we've only got like a minute and a half. What's the best way for people to um, donate money? Um, we know Curtis is very well funded by the, by Google and the liberal left. And so how can we get you elected? How can we help with that? The best thing is go to our website. It's chrisherrod.org. So that's, and my last name is H E R R O D, but you can go there and, and all amounts of money to, uh, make a difference. You know, whether it's, if you can give a hundred bucks, if you, I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to, you know, people can give 20 and a hundred, the full amount, that's great. But if they can give a hundred bucks, that helps. But the, the other thing they can do is volunteer. And, and this is, uh, you know, we have a great, uh, we'll provide a walking list. Or a all right, computer Chris, frame. we've got it. We've got a break right here, but yeah. volunteer at chrisherrod.com, right? Yeah. Yes. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for running. And we'll talk to you again. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you. 